Okay, so we start with um, even, even the committed left media, which supported Joe Biden 100%, they know this border situation is dangerous to them, to the Democratic Party, and to the progressive movement. Roll the tape. It's fair to call the deteriorating situation at the U.S.-Mexican border a crisis, even if the Biden administration refuses to use that word. But it's more than that. It's a political crisis for the new president with no easy way out. That's true. Now, I don't have any use for Chuck Todd, but he just told you the truth. And for doing so, Mr. Todd was roundly scorched on social media by the progressive left, which doesn't want you to know anything. Okay, so what we have is a situation where the Biden administration is saying, we're sending everybody back, okay? We're, we're, this is made up. There's no real border crisis. There's a challenge. You heard that, okay. And again, on Sunday, they trotted out the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Roll it. Are you concerned that a market efficiency has been created where, uh, where folks have decided, look, um, my kid's got a shot at getting getting in the United States if I don't go with them. Uh, Chuck, our, our message has been straightforward and simple, and it's true. The border is closed. We are expelling families. We are expelling single adults, and we've made a decision uh, that we will not expel young, vulnerable children. Okay, that's a lie. Now, maybe I'm too harsh but I'm a kind of guy that bases truth and lies, deception, on facts. So let me give you three facts, and I'll back it up and, uh, with some other stuff a little bit later on. So um, Alejandro says uh, the board is closed. Um, well, why then is ICE, all right, going to spend $87 million, $87 million in the short term on hotel rooms, not for kids, for migrant adults. If the board is closed, why are they spending $87 million on hotel rooms? Second, all right, the Border Patrol now is releasing migrants who have crossed the closed border somehow, all right, releasing them into the USA without any appearance, any court appearance. They're just saying they're taking their information, putting it in a computer and say, see ya, good luck. All right, that's happening. And the third thing is that ICE is now flying migrant adults all over the country at our expense, taxpayer expense. So if the border was closed and they were expelling, as Alejandro just said, all the people coming across, why would they need to fly people everywhere all over the USA? Okay, so anyway, those of us who are honest brokers of information know these facts and know that Mayorkas is deceiving the entire country. Okay. So then Saki, the spokesperson for Biden, who talks to Biden every day, she comes on and says this today. Go. 
I will say that he still believes that he wants our country to be a place where there is asylum processing at the border, where people are considered uh, and go through a proper process, who are fleeing prosecution, who uh, should be considered uh, for immigration status. That is a process that is broken. It was broken by the last administration. All right. So it's persecution, Ms. Saki, not prosecution. You don't know what you're talking about. All right. Everyone knows, including you, madam, including the president. Everyone knows that the people smugglers are now saying to everyone who can pay them $5,000. All you do when you get over the border is say, I'd like asylum. That's all you do. And then you'll get into the country, which is true. Now, the Trump administration kicked them back to Mexico to wait for the asylum hearing. But the Biden administration is not doing that in any meaningful way. All right, maybe they do it to a few, but they don't do it in any meaningful way. Or you wouldn't need $90 million to put people up in hotel rooms. The, if you're spelling them right, as the Trump administration did, then you didn't need the hotel. See, I'm a simple man. I calibrate things in a very simple way. So what Saki is basically saying is that all of these people, all of these hundreds of thousands, soon to be millions of people, are fleeing persecution. All right. And they have to be adjudicated here and get in here to wait for that asylum. Now, what should happen is a new law that says if you want political asylum, in America, you apply at the U.S. Embassy or Council in your own country. That's how you do it. See, now they don't have that law. And I've been screaming for that law for more than a decade. All right. And the Trump people could have passed that law, but they did not. Why? I don't know why. Um, so more stats. Ready? OK. Family apprehensions. Those are obviously families that are trying to sneak in here together are up 346% from December to February, two months. So remember, Donald Trump was president in December. Joe Biden was president in February. Family apprehensions up 346% at the border, from the closed border. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, how insulting is this? How insulting to be lied to by the Biden administration. Unoccupied minors, those are kids who the coyotes, the people smugglers, get into the USA because they stay now. You're a kid under 18, and remember, 75% of the kids that are staying are between 15 and 18, and they're men, males. Okay? They get here, they stay. And then, of course, down the road, they're going to be able to bring their mom and dad, brothers and sisters, grandmothers and grandfathers. That's what's going on. OK, so those are in stone facts. Those come from the Border Patrol itself. So Alejandro and Jansaki can't spin that. So what do they do? They ignore that. So and no reporter, they're all lazy. They're not going to dig it up like we did and say, gee, 
Um, Alejandro, you're saying that the board is closed, yet family apprehensions are up 346% in two months. How can that possibly be reality if you're telling the truth? The board is closed. How can that be? And there's Alejandro. Okay. It's horrible. I mean, it's just horrible. So just give you a little bit more information. I don't want to belabor this, but um, the uh, relief flights and all of that, um, the contract has been given to an outfit called Endeavors. So they're putting that together. Um, The hotel contract, Endeavors handles it. So all of this money is just pouring out of the U.S. Treasury. Um, The Border Patrol in Rio Grande Valley Um, They basically have told NBC News, Politico, and Axios that, hey, we're just overwhelmed. We can't handle it, and so we're letting them go. We're not not even detaining them. They get here, we say, have fun. Get on the bus, bus. see you later. (laughs) It's great. That's not the whole border. That's Rio Grande Valley. It's just poor to begin with. you want a quote? I'll give you a quote. This is from the uh, Border Patrol of Rio Grande Bodie. All families are screened at the Border Patrol station, including collection of biographical and biometric information and criminal and national security records check. And then we let them go. Uh, 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 uh. Migrants flying to uh, the Canadian border. All right. So Immigration and Customs, there have a thousand of them going up there. Montana, North Dakota, and Michigan. Border Patrol has facilities that are going to be used. So they have to get them warm clothes. Of course you would. Right now, in custody. This is from uh, the Homeland Security. 15,500 migrant children. Now, I think it's about 25,000. I think it's 10,000 more, but I can't prove that. So CBS News is reporting 15,500. O'Reilly says it's 25,000. Um, in December, there was 3,600 migrant children. So even if you believe CBS, it's gone from 36 migrant, migrant children to 15,000. 1,500 in two months. But the board is closed, according to Alejandro. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, summing up. We uh, are being deceived, but I don't think most Americans are buying it, Um, even though the Biden administration will not allow um, photographers to shoot all these people coming across the border. They have to go to Mexico, the news agencies, and shoot from that side because the Biden administration won't let them shoot here. That alone tells you really what's going on. All right, so Joe Biden himself, I have his schedule in a moment, I'll give you. But on Friday, um, the president fell down. And it was a huge story all weekend. And uh, he walked up the stairs of Air Force One as one, two, and boom, he's down three. All right, that's enough of that. Now, a lot of people were happy he fell down, and my, they mocked him for falling down. 
And that was wrong. That is wrong, and it should never happen. So if you're happy that Joe Biden fell down, climbing the stairs, maybe you want to take a step back and figure that out. Now, you know me, I have no use for President Biden's policies, none. I think he's going to harm this country in a dramatic way. And he has already proven that he's doing that. All right, we have made that quite clear. Do I want him to fall down and hurt himself? Do I want him to be mocked? I do not. I don't. And that's part of the meanness of America. We are becoming a mean country. I'll give you one quote. This is Candace Owens, who sometimes makes some good points. She tweets out, it's difficult to fall three times while going up a flight of stairs. Managing to make your left shoulder blade hit the carpet in the process is rarely accomplished, even in a game of twister. Biden has dementia. But let's wait for CNN to tell us this is just another adorable gaffe. All right. So is that necessary, Ms. Owens? No, it's not. You don't know whether Joe Biden has dementia. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. All right, you're not a physician, and to do that is, I don't know, you, you fill in a blank. I don't know anybody who likes to cancel culture. My liberal friends don't like it. Conservative friends are crazy about it. I don't know anybody. Now we're going to add to the cancel culture reparations. All right, reparations. Joe Biden's studying it as a commission. That he's going to give money, taxpayer money, to African-Americans. That's what Biden wants to do. This, of course, will cause, as I said, all kinds of angst. Now, Biden has already told you about equity, which is favoring one group of Americans over another group. That's what equity is. Okay? It's not all men are created equal. No, no. It's some groups are going to get more stuff from the federal government and some groups aren't. But those groups who are not are going to pay for this stuff that we give to the favored groups, the most favored groups. That's equity. OK, so that's what reparations is. Now, will it get through? No. Will it pass as law? No. I can't see it happening, all right, because conservative Democrats in the Senate, no, they're not going to go for it. So you'll peel off five or six Democrats in the Senate going to tell Chuck Schumer to go. You know what? It's not going to get through. But by executive order, 
by uh, other fiats, there will be government resources directed to certain groups. Now, that in itself is not a bad thing. I have said for decades that minority Americans, children coming from devastated families, should get special attention in the public schools. All right? You can put them under learning um, challenged or whatever. They should get special attention. That's good. We should all pay for that. It's not the kid's fault the father runs out on them. Okay? Not the kid's fault that 72% of African-American families now birth children out of wedlock. That's not the kid's fault. The government has a moral obligation to help those children. Okay? And don't tell me it's the parents this, it's the parents that. Government can't do that. Can't force you to be a good person or a good parent. It's impossible. But you can help kids. And that's the key to giving them an equal opportunity someday to pursue happiness. All right. So that's the reparations stuff. And we'll be reporting more on that as uh, it unfolds. The cancel culture social stuff is more annoying than anything else. So I just put together a list of 12 things that have been canceled. Put the first six up on the screen. The Muppets. The Muppets are now, I don't know whether they're fascists or racists or what they are. Okay. But the Muppets are no good. Aunt Jemima gone. Aunt Jemima the pancake, uh, no more Aunt Jemima. Mrs. Butterworth is g- going with Aunt Jemima into retirement. I hope maybe they'll be down the villages. I-, I don't know, but they're gone. Uncle Ben, he goes. He goes with uh, the aunt and Mrs. Butterworth. Cream of wheat. No more cream of wheat. I don't know why. Eskimo pies, gone. Intuit pies? Eskimo, you can't say Eskimo. Here's a second. Land of Legs butter, gone. Because they had an Indian on the package. Gone. Gone with the wind. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Read the book or watch the movie Gone with the Wind. Mr. Potato Head. Can't have Mr. Can't have a patriarchy. Nope. Mr. Potato has sometimes going to morph into something else. Washington Redskins, gone. Cleveland Indians, logo is gone. I think Indians is going too. Uh, I haven't updated uh, what's going on in Cleveland, but Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, was a bully. Bully, Rudolph, toast. Rudolph, gone. Dr. Seuss. Okay, Dr. Seuss, uh uh-uh. Loudoun County, Virginia, beautiful county. No more Dr. Seuss. Okay, there's the guy who invented it, Theodore Seuss Geisel, born in 1903. In his early years, Theodore was a racist, apparently. Okay, even when he was writing the Dr. Seuss books. All right. Okay, he's a racist. That's bad. I don't know why he was. Okay, all I know is now the whole reading stuff is going out um, because this guy was a racist in his early years. He changed. Dr. Seuss changed. Everybody admits that he, he, he became a good person. I don't know how. I don't care. All right. Now, Barack Obama, all right, this is what he said in 2015, the president, the works of Theodore Seuss, 
uh, Seuss Geisel, better known as Dr. Seuss, have sparked a love for reading in generations of students. His whimsical wordplay and curious characters inspire children to dream big, remind readers of all ages that a person's a person no matter how small. That's Barack Obama six years ago. No, okay. No, not anymore. Dr. Seuss, see you later. Um, Donald Trump, by the way, he liked Dr. Seuss, too. He said, um, in the still vibrant words of Dr. Seuss, you have brains in your head, you get feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. That was Donald Trump, 2018. Um, let's, I have more on Dr. Seuss, but you get the message. Let's bring in Dr. Catherine Kuhlman from Scottsdale, Arizona. She's a clinical psychologist. Public safety is one of her specialties, and she is watching the cancel culture. So does this make you angry, annoyed? Is it a good thing, all this canceling? How would you describe it? You hit the nail on the head with the first two. I am angry. I'm annoyed about it. Um, I was thinking about this all weekend with the talk about the Muppets, actually. It's just insane to me that people can't look back in time and recognize the context and the environment in which these books were written. You know, you've got Johnny Cash playing guitar in front of a Confederate flag, but that was back in 1981, right? Nobody seems to be able to look at it with that perspective. So today now we have this massive progressive movement of virtue signalers. They feel they're noble, better than other people. They're more sensitive. They're the guardians of what is right and wrong. Does this progressive movement overwhelm the traditional movement? At this point in time, I would say yes. At least they scream a lot louder than the people who believe in the traditional movement. You know, what I think is happening is if you think about it, they're like children in a checkout line that really want a candy bar and they're screaming and they're crying and they're stomping their feet. And we've just gotten so annoyed with them that we've given them the candy bar. We've given into them and that has reinforced this behavior. And now they feel like they have the control and the entitlement to keep this going. But I think there might be more than that. It's like, and I like your analogy of the kid wanting a candy bar in a grocery store crying up and down. Most people would tell the kid to stuff it to stop it. But who in our society is telling the progressives to stuff it or stop it? Not the corporate media, not the Democratic Party, not the president of the United States. They're all in on this. Or am I wrong? Well, I think you're absolutely right. And look at the people who are really spearheading the cancel culture. You've got the millennial generation and the Gen Zs, right? These younger generations they've been given participation trophies their entire lives, right? And when faced with adversity now, they're so used to somebody swooping in and saving them that now when they're faced with any kind of stressful situation or adversity, they perceive actual danger. And so they have no ability or at least less of an ability to regulate their emotions and to tolerate distress. And so what they do is they shame and they bully and they try to abuse their way into submission. And they're being successful in some places. Now, the final question, doctor. You live in Arizona, which is a very interesting state because it's a tug between the progressives and the traditionalists. All right. So it's going back and forth in your neighborhood, in your social set, in your practice. 
Do you see anyone who really likes this cancel culture? Zero. <laughs> Look, even Bill Maher, right, as left as they come, is has something negative to say about cancel culture. So you don't see it, people coming in saying, oh, this is a good thing in the school, or this is a good thing in the media, this is a good thing in my neighborhood, that traditional people are frightened to say what they believe. You don't hear any of that. Zero. All right. Well, let's hope people rise up because the cancel culture is very, very damaging to this country. Hey, doctor, a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for helping us out today. Thanks, Bill. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Okay, L.A., let's get to California and we'll get to our guest and uh, Governor Newsom. So for the 47th time in 48 days, gas prices have gone up in Los Angeles County. You now pay $3.82 a gallon for regular in Los Angeles County. $3.82. All right, ever since Biden was sworn in, Stop the pipeline, stop the drilling on federal land, sent a signal he's going to attack the oil industry and fossil fuels. Gas prices everywhere are gone up. But L.A. is crazy up. You'll have $5 by Labor Day in L.A. Save your money. Now, Newsom could do something about this. He could take away the amazing tax on gas in California giving the folks out there a break, but Newsom, uh, he's too busy with other things. He's being recalled, all right? He's going to have to be on the ballot, and Californians may boot him out. Now, Bernie Sanders issued this to his followers. Bernie, he loves Newsom. Right-wing Republicans of California trying to recall Gavin Newsom for the crime of telling people to wear masks and for listening to scientists during COVID. Extremist Republicans have done enough to undermine democracy already. We must all unite to oppose the recall in California. So I guess the scientists told Governor Newsom to go to the French Laundry and have dinner without a mask while everybody else in California couldn't do that. I'm sure, according to Bernie, the scientists told him to do it. (laughs) Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. All right, let's bring in um, let's bring in our guest, uh, who is a former California State Assemblyman. Uh, his name is Mike Gatto. He's coming to us from Los Angeles. He's a Republican, uh, one of the oh, few no, out I'm a there. Democrat. 
Oh, you're a Democrat? I thought you are a Republican. Yes, I am. Don't, don't hold it against me, Bill. No, I'm not holding it against you. I'm not a party guy. But um, right. good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So just before I get to you, um, the recall people say this is why we have to fire Newsom. Unaffordable housing, release of violent criminals, highest homelet, homeless rate and poverty rate in the nation, rising crime, failing schools, illegals are giving tax refunds, welfare, medical insurance, housing education, and free phones. All of that, in addition to botching COVID. Is that fair? Is this laundry list of we got to get rid of Newsom fair? Well, yes and no. I mean, um, I, I think the recall runs a risk of fizzling if life returns to normal, right? Most people I know believe that the recall will hinge on if you can go have a beer in a restaurant and if your kids are back in school. And obviously, we're headed in that direction. The whole country's headed in that direction. So the challenge for the recall proponents is to make this about something more than COVID, to go through that laundry list that you went through and uh, to try to hang that around Governor Newsom. And that part is not fair. Uh, California, you know, has had the strictest rules with COVID. The pandemic's been very hard on everybody. There were some high profile screw ups early, things like closing hiking trails. I went to a park the other day and there are two swings for kids and one of them was taped off with police tape. I mean, stuff like that is ridiculous. And those are criticisms that are accurate. But to try to tie that entire laundry list around uh, Governor Newsom's head, I don't think is quite fair. But that 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 shows the challenge that the recall proponents have is to keep that anger fresh. Okay, but it is true. I, all of these things are true. I mean, on the coast oh. of California, the highest housing prices in the world, not just in the country. All right. You're releasing violent criminals. The guy in uh, L.A. County where you live. I mean, he's not holding them. No bail. All of that. Uh, highest homeless rates, homeless in L.A., where you live, crazy. San Francisco, destroyed. Um, rising crime everywhere. Central Valley, Northern California. All right, failing schools in the big cities. So none of this is, is made up. And then you have the optics of the French Laundry and um, George Lopez in Fresno, another restaurant thing with Newsom. So Newsom, I think, is in trouble. It's, it's going to be a recall. They have enough signatures. So the vote will be this summer, I understand. Is that correct? Well, like everything else in California involving the government, it's complicated and there's a lot of red tape. Signatures are due eight days from now. The counties have until April 29 to count them and verify them. Signers then get a brief period to unsign the petition, uh, to come forth and say that they had second thoughts. The Secretary of State then tallies the total, and assuming it qualifies, then the Lieutenant Governor, not the Governor, sets the election day within a range set by statute. It's likely to get to be in November, October, November, something like that. No, not by summer. So you think October, November. Okay. Now, attached to the you want Newsom out or not are people to replace him, correct? On the same ballot, right? The same day. Is that correct? Correct. It's, it's a little okay. bit of a two-step process. Question one is, do you want uh, the governor to be recalled? Out, Question and then two who is, do you want so, to take place? How do you get on that ballot? See, I'd like to run because I'd love to live in San Diego or, you know, California. Beale. So I want to get on that ballot. How do I do that? Well, it's remarkably easy. The recall has slightly easier uh, requirements for getting on the ballot. Last time this happened in the recall of Governor Gray Davis about 20 years ago, we had porn stars running. We had uh, Gary Coleman, the little guy from uh, Different Strokes. I mean, it was a freak show in, in a yeah, weird way. Mizzou, right. Uh, yeah, so and the challenge you for have voters to get a certain amount. Do you have to get a certain amount of signers on a petition to get on a ballot? 
You do, but it's drastically less than the requirements for running for governor in the in the ordinary course of things. The filing fees are smaller. The signature requirement is less. And uh, it's very, very easy to get on that ballot. There will be dozens and dozens of candidates. Okay. Um, your prediction. I mean, look, California has always had a rebellious spirit. We're not as deep blue as some people think. You know, you can't forget that Arnold Schwarzenegger, Republican, was governor just 10 and a half years ago when I took office. But the recall has a challenge. They need to find a Republican legend in California, someone like Condoleezza Rice or The Rock, somebody somebody like that, or a very, very prominent Democrat to run. Otherwise, the election will just be, do you want to replace Gavin Newsom with one of these minor Republicans? And I think California is too blue to go for that. All right. So if The Rock, who said he might want to get into politics, would run, he might be the new Schwarzenegger out there. That's very possible, correct? Yeah, I mean, look, it's almost too much the last playbook. You know, they say the generals are always fighting the last war. That applies in politics, too. Another action star might be a little too close to Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it, somebody like that, right? You need somebody with instant celebrity. Yeah, because I'll tell you, recognition, Governor, right. That, that would right. do it Governor out, out in California. All right. Okay, Mike, thanks very much. We appreciate it. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper— and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Our cities. So, as you know, and I don't have to belabor this because it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Nobody denies it. The murder and shooting rates in all of the largest cities in the country are rising dramatically. The very simple reason is that the liberals who run these cities, they're all left-wing cities, will not enforce the law. Okay, they won't. Chicago is the best example, but let me give you some stats. Murders in New York City, okay, up 58% last year, 58%. Shootings up 103% in New York City, okay? So New York has gone from the safest city in the country per capita to one of the most dangerous, and that's because of the communist mayor, de Blasio. Los Angeles murders up 35%, and here's an unbelievable stat. In L.A., the city of Los Angeles, they don't keep statistics on shootings. Cops don't know. That's got to be on purpose. Chicago, all right, murders, and they're already astronomical, all right? Last year, 3,261 people were murdered, most of them African-Americans in Chicago. 3,261 last year. That was a 33%, I'm sorry, that was shootings. That was shootings that I just gave you. Murders last year, 769, up from 495, a 33% increase. Shootings, that was a phenomenal number, 37% increase. Why? Because if you are caught with an illegal gun, if you're a gangbanger 
and the cops get you and you have an illegal gun, a lot of times you're not even held on bail. Very few, just possession of a gun, get punished. That's why. Houston, all right, murders up 61%. Shootings, they don't keep stats in Houston on shootings. Phoenix, murders up 45%, no stats on shootings. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Now, who's getting killed? Well, in 2019, last stats we have available, 55% of all those murdered in the USA were black. Okay, 55%. 29% white. And perpetrators? Perpetrators? Um, white? 29%, black, 40%, almost 40-40. So what you have here is black-on-black -black crime. That's what you have. Take that out of the equation, everything goes down. But you can't say that, even though the stats prove it. You can't say it, or you're racist. This is how the cancel culture operates, and this is why it's in place. Because progressives don't want you to know how their policies put you in danger. So you can't say it or you're racist. WGN is a, a news operation in Chicago. All right. It investigated um, gun felony gun arrests over Memorial Day and Labor Day weekends in 2019. All right. 87% were out on no bail or small bail, 87%. L.A. County, the DA there is a guy named Gascon, all right? George Gascon. And George says, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to enforce the law. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to do property crimes. Somebody steals your car, breaks into your house, doesn't hurt you. I'm too busy. So he's getting hammered by people in L.A. County who say, this is insane. We're in danger. All these crews in their vans are zooming around. They know even if they get caught, nothing's going to happen to them because of George Gascon. So here's what he tweeted. Ready? Quote, here in L.A., we're seeing a backlash against reform fueled by conservative media, law enforcement unions, and other tough-on-crime types. From fear-mongering to scare tactics, we are watching history repeat itself, but this time, Reform will prevail, unquote. Reform means we don't arrest, okay? We don't prosecute. We kind of try to reason with the criminals, try to find out why you're doing it. Maybe their ancestors were slaves, and you can't punish them if that happened. This is why it's all happening. Okay, let's get some mail. James Mutchler, Winfield, Pennsylvania. If a current Democratic senator decides to switch parties, would the Senate majority change immediately? No. So Joe Manchin uh, is a Democrat from West Virginia, but a conservative Democrat. He could change to Republican in West Virginia, but they Democrats would keep because of the vote of the people, all their committee heads, and Schumer would still be in charge of the Senate if that happened. Al Deason, Navarre, Florida. 
In my opinion, Black Lives Matter and Antifa are far-left extremist groups. Can you cite example of far-right extremist groups? Proud Boys. No more of them were indicted on the Capitol um, riot. And Proud Boys is a right-wing extremist group. Dorothy. There have been several attacks on elderly Asians here in San Francisco. Didn't take local media long to blame Trump because of his calling COVID the China virus. Dems and the left will continue to blame Trump for everything. Absolutely. So Donald Trump uh, did say it was a China virus because it is the China virus. And he wanted to send a message that China isn't our friend because China would not cooperate with, first of all, tamping the virus down. Remember, China lied to the World Health Organization. And then secondly, wouldn't allow U.S. scientists in to find out how the deuces got out of control. So Trump is mad. He says, is it China? But they're not our friend. But now he's responsible for the Atlanta killings. David, concierge member, which means David has access to me directly. Bill, your final thought today on personal discipline is spot on. From the time I entered the Navy until I retired from state government, my personal appearance opened doors for me that otherwise would not have opened. I want to get this across to the younger people. If you look like a slob, that is not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. If you discipline yourself, keep your person neat, keep your dwelling neat, keep your yard neat, you will have a better chance to prosper. Josie, concierge member. Thank you, Josie. Narcissistic fascist. Good description of Hollywood, Bill out of control, but they're dying. They are dying out there. Can't say I feel sorry for them. Jack Blair, Spring, Texas. Tonight you mentioned you have the best product in the country. I could not agree more. The No Spin News, I believe, is the best newscast that you can get. If there's a better one, please tell me. And I'll do a comparison. Peggy Bosve, Oak Forest, Illinois. Mr. Riley, just signed my dad, Richard Norman, up for your No Spin News. He's turning 92 this October. He just got a dog named him Patton, so I got him killing Patton with the membership. Very nice daughter, Peggy. Um, I need you guys to spread the word. I mean, we're prospering like crazy, but this is an important broadcast. Peggy knows it. Um, people need to hear this stuff. We got to turn the tide here. You know, if all of you watching, and there are more than a million of you, got one person to sign up for BillOReilly.com, that would be we'd a double. Okay. Um, we have Stand Up For Your Country stuff. We want to remind you, best mug in the world, made in the USA. We got the bumper stickers. We got the doormats. We got all that. Word of the day, do not be a blatherskite. One word, B-L-A-T-H-E-R-S-K-I-T-E. Blatherskite, don't be that. Back with Juan Williams in a moment. All right, here's the final thought of the day. Uh, My old pal Juan Williams, still on Fox News, and he writes a column on The Hill. Um, The Hill is kind of a newspaper online that covers politics. So I, I like Juan. Juan is, you know a good guy, I guess. I haven't heard from him since I left Fox. I was a little surprised about that. But Juan is a political player. He doesn't want to, you know, hang with me uh, if he's still working at Fox. Remember, Juan got booted out of PBS um, because he said he was scared to go on planes after 9-11. 
if there were Muslims on a plane, and Roger Ailes saved one. Uh, anyway, on my program, when I used him on The Factor, I said to Juan, look, I don't want Democratic talking points. So if you come on, I want you to answer the questions, give your opinion, but I don't want you spitting out what you get in the morning, what you get faxed to you by your Democratic friends. And I said to the Republicans the same thing. You'll remember, I, I didn't do that. Right? We didn't do talking points. My talking points, but no party politic talking points. So now Juan is back to disseminating um, Democratic talking points. And that's why I'm telling you about it. If you want to know what goes out every morning from K Street in Washington on the Democratic side, Juan Williams is your man. He will parrot exactly what he gets. So today on the Hill, he writes a column and he basically says the board is all Donald Trump's fault. Yeah, it's it's Trump's fault. Okay, and then he says the Obama economy was fantastic. I guess we all missed that. I'm not quite sure how Donald Trump got elected if the Obama economy was so fantastic. Why wouldn't have Hillary Clinton won that if she's going to do exactly what Obama did, which she said she would? If it was so fantastic, why would everybody go, oh, I love this fantastic economy? One. Okay, so that, those are the two things that caught my eye. And I said, you know, I haven't really checked in with Juan lately. And there's no real reason for me to do that. But you guys may know him and see him. And if you want to know what the Democratic talking points are every day, Juan Williams is your man. Thank you for watching the No Spin News and listening on WABC Radio. And we'll see you tomorrow.